Good morning and happy Thanksgiving weekend. I'm Pastor Scott Prime. I'm the lead pastor at our main campus in Kinfo. And it's always, always a joy to be here with you in Kingston and surrounding areas. Great to see so many familiar faces. And if this is your first time to Kingston, New Hope Kingston, I'd just like to say a special welcome to you today and tell you who I am so you're not wondering who is this weird guy standing up on the stage We're starting week number three of our sermon series, Move Forward. We've been moving forward through some tough stuff, and today we're grappling with another question, and this is the question, how do we, how does anyone move forward through fear? How does anyone move forward through fear? It's a good question because fear is tough. You see, fear is this powerful emotion that cripples and paralyzes many of us in this room this morning. We would often convince uh, my younger cousin to cross the road from the family farm. There was a fenced-in pasture that had an electric fence, and we would often stand at the electric fence, and we would tell him, it will tickle if you grab a hold with both hands. And uh, he would be fearful and not want to put his hands on the electric fence, but after some coaxing and after some encouragement from us, he would grab on with both hands And we would laugh and laugh because he was so struck with fear he wouldn't let go. He'd just stand there every time the the, the voltage went through. He was like, ah! And uh, you could see the fear in his eyes. So fear cripples us and it paralyzes us. And businesswoman Stephanie Malish made this observation about fear. She said, fear is an idea crippling, experience crushing, success stalling inhibitor inflicted only by yourself. Inflicted only by yourself. Sadly, many times we either feed our fears or we starve our fears. We either feed our fears or starve our fears. It's like this hungry beast raging within us. And if we feed it, it will become overwhelming to us. When you look at your life, and that's what I want you to do right now, just examine your life, I want you to answer this question, what is my or your greatest fear? What is your greatest fear that you have in your life? Kathy uh, Moderno published an article in September 2020, not that long ago, and she um, called it the top 10 human fears. And many on this list are self-explanatory. She said at number 10 is losing your freedom. Number 9 is the unknown. Number 8 is pain. Number 7 is disappointment. Number 6 is misery. At number 5, she said, would be loneliness. Number 4 would be ridicule. Number 3 would be rejection. And number 2 would be death. And number 1 would be failure. She said of all the fears that we have as human beings, the number one is the fear of failing, of being a failure in our life. Many of those fears, though, are tied together. You probably have already figured that one out. Um, What do I mean by that? I mean that you can't have one without another, at least, on that top ten list. Really, loneliness goes along with death. If you experience a death in your life, um, there's generally a loneliness that goes along with that death. There's rejection because of ridicule. There's disappointment and failure. They kind of go together with pain and misery. So there are a lot of the fears in the top 10 lists that kind of go together. But for the most part, they are existential fears. What do I mean by that? I simply mean that they are describing an inward condition of your heart. They are describing an inward condition of your inner being. In other words, they are broad and general fears. 
versus specific fears. When you talk about some specific like rejection, that's a very broad fear. That's it's not clearly defined. Rejection is nor loneliness or misery or disappointment. Um, another Gallup poll did a survey asking the question, very specific question, what scares you the most? And what they discovered were the top 12 of what scares us the most. At number one was snakes. I have no fear of snakes, but that was the number one. Number two was public speaking. Number three was heights. Number four was being in a small space. Confined in a small space was number four. Number five was spiders. Um, I don't really get that one. I see that one on social media all the time where this house is on fire and they said, I got the spider. And I like, you burned down your house for a spider? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. But number six was needles. Uh, number seven was mice. Number eight was flying on an airplane. Number nine was dogs. Dogs. People were fearful of dogs. Number 10, thunder and lightning. And number 11 was going to the doctor. This may surprise you, but more guys than gals are scared to go to the doctor. That's what they found. The guys were fearful in going to the doctor um, compared to ladies. And number 12 was the dark. The Gallup poll survey was very specific. It was specific in nature on naming a fear that we have. Very specific when you talk about mice, you have a fear of mice. Very specific when you talk about going to the fear of going to the doctor. They are very specific things. But whether you're looking at one or the other or both surveys, they both clearly tell us this, that everyone has fear. That everyone has a fear or fears. There is no avoiding fear in this life. There's no one in this room. And if you stood up right now and said, I have no fears in my life, I would say you're lying. Because all of us have a fear or fears in our life. So now that we've established every person struggles with fear and there's no one who's exempt of this, let's go back to the original question. Do you remember the original question? How does anyone move forward through fear? How does anyone move forward through fear? Before answering our question of the day, let's answer this question. You're going to get tired of questions after a bit, I'm sure. This is the question, what is fear? What is fear? Not what do we fear, but what is fear itself? How do you describe it? Let's begin with this definition this morning. I think it, it, it kind of describes fear on a certain level for many people. Fear is anxiety, dread, or in loss of courage in the face of an unpleasant or dangerous situation. That's true. That would be a very clear definition of what is fear. In a way, this definition helps us better understand the two questions, what is fear and why do I fear? That kind of helps us because it says it's anxiety, it's dread, it's loss of courage in the face of an unpleasant or dangerous situation in our life. But in the Christian church, in the church itself, it's a little bit more complicated than that definition because there's another element that enters into this consideration. So we have this fear is an anxiety, dread, and loss of courage in the face of an unpleasant or dangerous situation. But in the church, we often say, there is only one fear that should exist. Do you know what it is? The fear of God. The fear of God. Maybe you're thinking, well, what exactly is the fear of God? You told me what fear is, you've defined that, but what is the fear of God? Well, the fear of God 
refers to either awe and reverence and respect towards the divine, or dread and terror, evo- terror, terror evoked by the presence of, a div- of the divine or the, or the wrath of the divine. In the Bible, which we use as our only guide, in the Bible there is the fear of God. And when you discover the fear of God in the Bible, there are prominently two categories. There is the category of holy fear, which is a reverent fear. In other words, Isaiah the prophet, if you go back to Isaiah 53, Isaiah is standing before the presence of a holy God, and he goes, what? Woe is me. I am an unclean man standing in the very righteous, holy presence of God. There was a holy reverence, a holy fear in that moment of time in Isaiah's life. So in the Bible we see that there is a holy fear from reverence towards the majestic beauty, power, and holiness of God. But we also see that there is a fear of wrath or a fear of judgment. In other words, where you feel like you're in trouble because you believe you're a horrible person who's done horrible things and God is ready to clobber you. It's the fear of judgment. If you want a a story or if you want to follow a story in the Bible to prove this, just study the Israelites' life. Like in the Old Testament, they are constantly getting close to God, far away from God, the judgment and wrath of God, getting close to God, getting away from God, experiencing judgment and the wrath of God. So on this Thanksgiving Sunday, I have some good news for us this morning. I don't want to instill the fear of God into you where you're just biting your nails and wondering if God's going to clobber you. Through the death and resurrection and heavenly intercession of Jesus, I can tell you confidently this morning that we can be liberated from the fear of the wrath of God. Because in Romans chapter 8, we find verse 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him, say it with me, church, Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are what? We are God's children. We are God's children. Now that doesn't mean that God doesn't discipline us from time to time, but the actual wrath of God he's going to annihilate us is gone because of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I just like to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I don't have to worry about, if I'm following you, I don't have to worry about the wrath of God or to be fearful that God is going to annihilate me or squish me like a fly or clobber me. So thank you, Jesus. So let me alleviate some fears this morning. Today we're not focusing on the fear of God. That's entirely a different sermon. I would probably say that's an entirely different series that could go a year long. Though some of the fear of God may bleed into our discussion today, we are prominently answering the original question. So back to the original question. How do we move forward through fear? How do we move forward from unpleasant and dangerous situations that we are fearful of in our life? How do we lose fear and gain courage? I think that's where we want to land this morning. How do we, how do we lose fear and gain courage. 
So let's take a peek at a very popular story in the book of Matthew, chapter 14. We find this story in starting at verse 22. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and here's what we find in the Bible. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night, uh, night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble. Say that with me, church. The disciples were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy seas. Now, if you know the geography of, of this area, it's surrounded by hills on both sides, and often the wind would serve as a funnel going through the valley that would pick up the waves and make the Sea of Galilee a very um, terrible place to be when the wind was blowing hard. About 3 o'clock in the morning... Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, say this with me, church, they were terrified in their fear. They were terrified in their fear. They cried out. I'm sure they, they were more than just crying out. They were probably yelling out in their tremendous fear, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. In verse 26 we see fear affects the disciples physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. In those four areas we see this in verse 26. Physically the disciples' posture was braced for the worst. They were bracing for the worst as they thought they were going to die in the middle of the lake of the Sea of Galilee. They were bracing for the worst. They saw this ghost walking towards them or what they perceived as a ghost. They, their physical bodies were bracing for what they were fearing. But they were also emotional too. They were yelling. If you're emotional, you're generally yelling, or you're pretty excited, or you know, there's some kind of emotion showing on your face. They were yelling, telling us that they were emotionally engaged as they were yelling, it's a ghost. Spiritually, the disciples should have seen that it was who walking on the water? Jesus. But spiritually, they saw a spirit or a ghost. And I'm sure they thought of all the fishermen tales around the shores of ghosts that had been on the Sea of Galilee, they thought the one of those tales was coming true as this ghost was walking towards them. So spiritually, they didn't see Jesus, they were seeing something else. And mentally, they were seeing things that, they, that just weren't real, that were just not true mentally. Their minds was playing tricks on them. Someone once said that fear is this. It is false evidence appearing real. It is false evidence appearing real. It's true. We often, the thing that we fear, we, we're not really clear about. We're, we don't really have a, an understanding about it because we are bracing physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally, and we're just, we can't seem to get a clear picture on fear. And it's just challenging us in all ways. And it's presenting evidence to us that is false and not accurate, and we're not reading it right, and we're just fearful. I know all too well of false evidence appearing real. When I was dating Sherry uh, in college, um, we would often go on weekends. I would go to Woodstock, New Brunswick, and she would go to Meductic, New Brunswick, which is not far. The two communities are not far apart, to work in churches in those, both of those towns. 
And this Saturday night, um, I had some friends from Bible college, and she had some friends at, um, with her that weekend in Meductic, and she said, uh, called us up and said, guys, why don't you come over for the evening? The, the people that they were staying with were out with friends for the night and said, their daughter's here, but we can all just hang out together. And so we said, great, as guys, we got in the car and boom, we were right to Meductic, you know, 20 minutes was like five minutes. We were, we were there. We got in and we were situated. I don't know. We started to watch a movie. We were doing something, and we're in the in the TV room. And all of a sudden, one of the girls yells, "I hear something!" And so we all kind of get up and go, "Yeah, right. You know, whatever." And we walk into this big room, and then there's this entryway that's on the upper level and a balcony, and there's this person all dressed in black with this sword looking at us. Now, i got to give you some backdrop to this story because at this time, I don't know if you remember this name, but Alan Legere, who was a serial killer in the Maritimes, was loose about in that area about this same time. And so this was all planned on Cherry's side. And they yelled, it's Alan Legere! <laughs> and we all go, ah! <laughs> we had no idea what he even looked like, but there's this person. It was the daughter of the, of the people who were staying there who was part of the trick. And so my friends all back up and I'm standing there, you know, not too far from who was Alan Legere and I'm going, I'm frozen. What do I do? They're all screaming and I'm going, what do I pick up? How do I fight? What do I do? And I'm processing all this in my mind. And I'm just telling you this story because it was false evidence appearing real. It was not Alan Legere. It was just a very cruel joke that I've never forgiven my wife for at all. <laughs> but it was false evidence appearing real. It affected us physically. It affected us emotionally. It affected us mentally. And it affected us spiritually. But something amazing happens in this passage. Here are the disciples. They're facing fear. And then in verse 27, but Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid. Say that with me, church. Don't be afraid, he said. Take what? Courage. What fear robs us of? Courage. Jesus is saying, don't be afraid. Don't let fear take your courage. Take courage. Because where? Because why? Jesus is right here. Jesus communicates, don't be afraid. Is it any wonder why God repeats throughout the Bible, fear not, from Genesis to Revelation? Do you know how many times God says, fear not, in the Bible? I think this is not a coincidence. 365 times. That's a fear not for every day of the year. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. I am with you. Take courage. I am with you. I am with you. Jesus was declaring fear not to take courage. And when he was saying take courage, I am here, he was actually saying in the Greek, he was saying, I am the great I am. From Exodus, where God declared to Moses, I am who I am. Jesus saying, I am the bread of life, and I am the living water. He was declaring, I am the great I am from Exodus. I am God. I am your Savior. He's saying here, take courage, because the great I am is here. 
I'm here with you. Hope is here. Jesus is here. Your Savior is here. The one who's going to take care of you is here. And that's what we need to realize in our fear. Amen, church? Is that Jesus is with us. That courage is with us. That hope is with us. The great I am is with us in our fear. Let's continue on with our passage. In verse 28, then Peter called to, the, to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to, the wa- to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. And then in verse 30, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified. There's that fear again. And began to do what? Blow bubbles. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him, probably by the scuff of the neck, and said, you have so little faith, Peter. You have so little faith. Why did you dote me? Why did you dote that I wouldn't take care of you? Why, why would you dote that, that I am the great I am and that I am in control of all things? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. There are many things that we could discuss about this passage of Scripture, but the big discussion that we cannot avoid this morning is this. When fear is present, courage and faith are absent. When fear is present, courage and faith are absent. That's exactly what we see happening with the disciples in the boat. That's exactly what we see happening with Peter walking on the water. That when, when fear arrives, when fear is present within our life, then courage and faith disappear. They're absent from our life. You see, fear made the disciples think they were fighting the storm by themselves, that there was no escape. They were going to die that night. Fear made Peter forget God's power, and Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him and said, you have so little faith, Peter. Why did you dope me? Little faith means, why did you not trust me to take care of you? I, I don't know the, the answer to this question this morning, but it was many times Jesus said to his disciples in the Gospels, why don't you just trust me? Why don't you just believe me? Why don't you just... Trust the truth that I'm teaching you. See, fear made Peter forget God's in control, that God is all-powerful and mighty. You see, fear made everyone in the boat think that they were going to die that night. So how do we move forward through fear? That's the question this morning. That's the one that we keep coming back to and landing on. In the words of Jesus, if you want to move forward through your fear, there is one word you need. Faith. That's the word Jesus talks about in this passage, faith. Peter, why did you have so little faith? Faith is what robs us of courage. Faith, or excuse me, fear is what robs us of courage and faith. Paul reminds us of this truth in the faith chapter of Hebrews. I call it the Hall of Fame in the New Testament in chapter 11, verse 6. And it is impossible. I think it would be important for you to read this with me. And it is impossible to please God without without faith, without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It is impossible to please God without what, church? Faith. 
It is impossible to have courage without what? Faith. In order to replace our fear with faith, we must deliberately do four things. They are not new things. They are things that you already know. But I'm just encouraging you that if you want to move forward through your fear, you need to do these four things. And the first one is to focus on God. Everybody knows that who's been around the church for any length of time. You need to focus on God. What happened to Peter when he stopped looking at Jesus? He began to sink. He struggled to keep his eyes on Jesus. The waves seemed larger than Jesus. The winds seemed stronger than Jesus. And he began to look at the storm as he's walking on the water. And he takes his eyes off of Jesus just for a second. And he begins to sink. Focus on Jesus. Want to move forward through your fear? Never take your eyes off of Jesus. Never. The second thing that I want to show to you this morning or tell you or express to you is trust God. Easier said than done many times, but trust God. Can I just say, if Jesus tells you to walk on water, trust Jesus that he will allow you the ability to walk on water. If Jesus tells you to sit down and shut up in the boat, then trust Jesus to sit down and shut up in the boat. Trust him. When he tells you to do something, trust him that he has the authority and power and strength to help you through it. Trust him. Three, want to replace fear with faith and move through um, fear, then believe God. You absolutely, 100% need to believe God. Believe God despite your circumstances. Believe God in spite of your circumstances. Believe that Jesus is bigger than our problems. Amen? That he is more powerful than the most anything in this world. And he is most gracious enough to pull you through anything. All you need to do is believe him. Believe God. The fourth one is obey God. Obey him. Obey God by taking one step at a time. How did, what did Peter do after he stepped out of the boat and he walked towards Jesus? He did it one step at a time. One step at a time. He obeyed God one step at a time. But there's this group that we haven't talked about for, and I want to talk about just for a moment this morning. There is this group in the story that no one really wants to talk about. We always want to, we always want to dote on Peter, right? Um, that, that Peter, oh yeah, Peter, you didn't have the faith. You know, you jumped out of the boat and you walked on water for a little bit. The only man that I've known, any person that I've ever known to walk on water, unless it's frozen water, of course, is Peter. And we give Peter a hard time because he didn't have enough faith and Jesus calls him out and says, Peter, you didn't have enough faith and that's why you began to sink. But there's this group of disciples in the boat that no one really wants to talk about. They sat there silently in their fear. They sat there silently in their fear. All the other disciples were too fearful to get out of the boat. Peter wasn't, but they were. Sometimes we just need to get out of the boat. The storm is raging around us. We think we're going to die. We think the ship's going to sink. We think things are going to end. And Jesus is there with us in the storm. And sometimes he says, just get out of the boat. Have some faith. Tell fear where to go and have some trust.
whether you're whether you consider yourself a Peter that you get out of the boat but then you get yourself into trouble or whether you consider yourself one of the other disciples who was sitting in the boat and never did step up and didn't get out of the boat know this that Jesus eventually climbed into the boat with everybody in Matthew 14:32 when they climbed back into the boat everybody Nobody drowned that day, that night. The wind did what? It stopped. Fear stopped. Tell your faith, or tell your fear this morning that you have faith in Jesus. Tell your fear that you have faith in Jesus. I discovered this great gospel song about two weeks ago. And it's shrouded in some mystery. I have spent too many hours trying to find out who wrote it and who recorded it. Some say Elvis Presley sang it, but I can't find any proof that he did. But many people have sang this song with not giving it a credit to whoever we could give credit to. But it's powerful. One pair of hands formed the mountains. One pair of hands formed the sea. One pair of hands made the sun and the moon, every bird, every flower, every tree. One pair of hands formed the valleys, the ocean, the rivers, and the sand. Those hands are so strong. So when life goes wrong, put your faith into one pair of hands. One pair of hands healed the sick. One pair of hands raised the dead. One pair of hands uh, calmed the raging storm. And thousands of people were fed. One pair of hands said, I love you, and those hands were nailed to a tree. Those hands are so strong. So when life goes wrong, put your faith into one pair of hands. Those hands are so strong. So when life goes wrong, put your faith into one pair of hands. You do know that I'm not suggesting that you actually literally put your faith in the hands of Jesus' hands but you put your faith into Jesus. Because with His hands, He's created everything. You and me. He knows the struggles that we're going through, the storms that we face, the fears that we face. And sometimes we just need to call out to Jesus in the storm of fear and feel His guiding hand and life in our life. Amen? Place your faith in Jesus. Tell your fears that you trust Jesus. Place your courage in Him. Place your hope in Him. Why would I suggest that this morning? Because Jesus is here. Jesus is in your storm. Jesus is in your fear. Just put your life into His hands and trust Him. I'd love to pray for you this morning before we sing a song in closing. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I'm not sure where you are in your life. What you may fear. What struggle that you may be going through. For some in this room, you may feel like you're a Peter and you've got out of the boat, but you're sinking and sinking fast. 
Maybe you feel like a disciple and you're in the boat and the storm is all around you and you don't know what to do. You're just bracing yourself for the worst. Jesus is not a ghost. It's not a figment of our imagination. He is real and true. And he's with us in our fear and in our storm. We just need to place our life into his hands. Because he will climb into the boat with you. And when he does, the storm of fear will cease. Oh, it may still rage. But your faith and trust is in him. To get you through fear. If that's you this morning, I'd love to pray for you this week. Our staff would love to pray for you. I'd just put your hand up and back down just so I can see you and identify that you have a fear, a storm that you're wrestling with. Just, yes, thank you. Anyone else, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we thank you for your love and mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the discussion this morning on fear. It's tough. It challenges us. It paralyzes us. It prevents us from being courageous. Lord Jesus, may we get right to the heart of everything and just simply trust you with our life. That you would take our fear away as we place our life in your hands. May you calm our fear. May you help us as you come into our life and change things. That you give us assurance, courage. For those who put their hands up this morning, Lord, whatever fear they're struggling with, I pray right now that you would help them, that you would give them the power and your authority as you did with Peter and the disciples. Yes, we admit, Jesus, that we have doubts. And sometimes we even allow fear to overwhelm us because we've lost sight of who you are and what you can do. But today we're declaring our eyes are focused on you, Jesus. Today we're declaring that by your power and authority and Holy Spirit, every day we will keep our eyes on you and that we will have courage by your Spirit to stand up and to face any fears that we have, that you will help us move through those fears in our life. We love you today. We thank you, Jesus, for your life, for your power, for your grace, because without it, we would have no hope at all. But because of it, we have all the hope in the world. In Jesus' name, amen.